Welcome to the Product Design Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Coolen, founder of UX Cabin, where we create world-class web and mobile apps. I'm excited to bring you a behind-the-scenes look into the lives of some of the most interesting and talented people in product design. We'll get strategic advice on how they got to where they are today and things they wish they would have known earlier in their career. All right. Today we have Andrea McKinley from sunny LA, California with us. Andrea is part of our team at UX Cabin. And interestingly enough, she was the very first hire from our initial internship program. So Andrea, it is a pleasure to have you. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Seth. Absolutely. So you have a pretty unique story as to how you came into product design. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional history, how you got interested in product design? Yeah, absolutely. So my background as far as uh, career goes is in education. I was a middle school science teacher. I taught like eighth grade science. And I also taught uh, high school biology and biomedical science. So my undergrad background is in science. And but I would say for a while, I was thinking about like, what other paths could I take? Or like, what are some other things that are interesting to me? You know, I love teaching. I love working with young people and I love science, but there was always part of me that knew that I could do other things. And just thinking about giving another path uh, a chance. And 2020 shook things up in a way that it gave me an opportunity to really consider a career change. And someone had mentioned the field of UX to me. I had never even heard of it before. And when I started to look into it, I, I realized I, I felt like it was a good fit for me in terms of some of the skill sets that a UX would require in terms of like problem solving and understanding people and empathy. And I felt like this is what I've been doing my whole career and like using, using data to inform decision-making. Like that's literally what I did my entire career as a teacher. So it seemed really interesting to me. And yeah, I just decided, you know what, like 2020 has already shaken things up for me in, in some areas. Why not give this a shot? So I started to on my own, just try to do a little bit of learning. I, I took like a, a brief like online course. It was like intro to UX and was like reading articles and books and listening to podcasts and just trying to absorb as much as I could about the field of design. I decided that like in 2021, my goal was to make a full, full pivot. Wow. That's awesome. It kind of that first thought you'd think teaching and in UX design couldn't be further apart. But when you get down to it, it's funny how you have so many corollary skills and crossover that go from both professions. You know, it's fascinating. And I think you're right with people that I've talked to, teachers that I've talked to and other folks I've talked to in tech. At first, it's hard for them to, to really see or understand how much crossover there really is. But when I start to actually talk about it and explain it a little bit, it's like very obvious. Yeah, I'm glad that I heard about the field of UX and I'm glad that I made those connections. And actually, w when I started to make those connections in the very beginning, like reading about UX and seeing that, wow, I feel like I'm already kind of doing something similar to this. I Googled, literally Googled, teaching is UX. Because I was like, I can't be the first person who's made this connection. I can't. 
And one of the first um, search results was a Medium article that the title was Why Every Teacher is a UX UI Designer. And I was like, okay. Other people have thought about this. And I read the article and it basically kind of point by point laid out like a solid case for why the, the work of it, not just any teacher, I'm just going to provide that as a disclaimer. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I would say teachers who are really like data-driven and really effective teachers, a lot of the things that they're doing are very much in line with uh, the design process. So that's really cool. So as you were kind of coming into look at different fields and, and you came across UX, what was your initial thought of how to get into it? Were you like, man, I'm going to have to either go back to school or I'm going to have to like learn on my own for years? Or what was that initial chasm? How, how big did it feel when you were first looking into it? Hmm, that's a great question. I'm trying to take my mind back to October 2020 when I first even came across the term UX. And I feel like pretty early on, I, I saw that there were boot camps and I was already familiar with the concept of a boot camp because of coding boot camps. That's something I was familiar with. And that's something I actually considered as well in 2020. I think early 2020, I was considering going into a, yeah, like coding boot camp, going the developer route. But so anyways, I, once I learned about UX, I saw that there were boot camps. And then I started to just read, you know, different folks who share online through articles, like how they transitioned. A lot of folks are self-taught, meaning they didn't go through any sort of formal program and just kind of scouring the internet and YouTube and Google and, and, and curating their own curriculum, so to speak. So I knew that was a route. And actually what was pretty formational for me was connecting with a lot of folks on uh, Clubhouse. I had access to Clubhouse back in November and there was just a huge design community that I was able to plug into. And everyone there was willing to just share their story. And even specifically, I joined this group that was called Black Women Getting Into Tech. It was just a community of Black women interested in making that pivot. Yeah. Very specific. And it's just such an awesome community. So through that and listening to different talks and being part of conversations, I, I realized this is very feasible. There are people who are doing this and there are different routes to take. By December 2020, I had made the decision that I would enroll in a boot camp and I picked a specific one that I was going to do. It was just a matter of when I was going to start it because I was working as a teacher at that time. So I had a lot of questions like, am I going to finish the year? Am I going to quit my job right now and start this bootcamp right now. So yeah. Cool. So that's going to lead us into how our paths crossed. Cause around that time, yeah, UX cabin was trying to assemble its first little internship. Why don't you tell us a little bit about from the time that you knew you wanted to take a bootcamp to the time that you came across the, the UX cabin application for internship. Yeah, I mean, it was a very short turnaround. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it might have been December. Actually, like November, December is when I decided that I would go the boot camp route. And it was by the end of December where I like picked, okay, this is the boot camp that I'm going to do. And for that boot camp, they had, uh, like, if you had no design experience at all, then you had to do this intro course before you could even start the boot camp. So I was planning on starting that intro course in January. But January rolled around and the, the first week of January, I was on LinkedIn 
and I see that someone I'm connected with shared this post and there's this guy named Seth and he's talking about this internship program and it was for people who are completely new to design and it was paid and part-time and remote. I was like, okay, this all sounds pretty good. This, this could be a good avenue. And in, in the video that was posted, it, you were talking about how it's a learning opportunity. You'll learn the skills you need. You'll be mentored. So I figured, why not give it a shot? So I applied. That was the first week of January, I think. And found out maybe a couple days later that I was accepted. And then maybe a few days after that, I started. I remember within the first day, I kept checking and I had six people apply. And I was like, huh, maybe just it's not going to go anywhere. And then by the end of the week of the initial posting, there was over 150 people that had applied. And eventually I just had to shut it all down. So going through everyone's videos, and everyone's responses, it was very clear that you knew what you wanted and you were going to work really hard at this. So you seemed like the perfect candidate to come on. You knew that you wanted to be in UX, but you hadn't either worked in it or done an, ex- an extensive boot camp. So we were like, yeah, Andre makes total sense to bring into this internship. So yeah, why don't you give us a little bit of insight as to how the internship went? Because at the time this will be released, we will be opening the doors to our next internship, which you have a strong hand in shaping. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with the, the initial internship? So I was one of four interns, which was cool. I, I think this was, so as a teacher, I had already been working remotely, so I was used to that, but it was like a, a weird remote thing. It was kind of remote by force, like it was an unnatural remote situation that we were all in. But coming into this internship and coming into UX Cabin, which is remote by design, it was very, very different. It had a, a different feel to it because it was, it was like remote with intention. And there were certain kind of systems and things that are set up to, to make sure that things are flowing smoothly and we're still able to like connect with people, even though we're, we're all at a distance. And it was cool to like have my fellow uh, interns be from like all over the country. So that was a cool experience. As far as the program itself, it was great because at the very beginning, we started with like visual design foundation. And at least for me and in, in my particular background, I feel like I'm stronger in, in the problem solving aspect of UX. And even like on the research side, trying to identify what the problem is and like the pain points and talking to people like that yeah because i i feel like that's very teaching adjacent but the visual stuff i really had no background at all at all at all so starting with that was cool for me because it was an opportunity like learn new stuff i'd never learned color theory or topography like just never taking a course in any of that stuff. So it was great to, so there was a curriculum set up and videos we would uh, watch and books that we would read. And I don't know if I shared this with you, Seth, but the books we read Atomic Design by Brad Frost. And also we read Refactoring UI. I feel like both of those books came up in clubhouse conversations that I would be listening in on with with designers, not even like new entry-level designers, folks who are well in design and talking about like design systems and, and whatnot. And somebody would like, oh yeah, I read Atomic Design. I was like, hey, I just read that in my internship. 
Yeah. So it, it was kind of cool to get that like outside validation of like the stuff that we're learning is very much like industry standard or like respected within the industry. So that was sure. cool for me to experience. I feel like with those resources, someone who has been working in agencies and corporations for a long time, and you kind of know all of these processes and things, but when someone solidifies it and puts terms around it and helps identify this is what stage like a design system is at, and this is how you can put rules around this, or here's like a trick on how you can make the main content area pop more and like actual tangible ways to do that. It just feels so clarifying. And I think those books do such a good job at that because they're kind of explaining what I felt I just had to like stumble upon and work through for two years of agency work. And they'd be able to like, oh, well, if the background's this, just change this color and make sure that the typography has a good hierarchy. And you're like, ah, why didn't I think I'm just like putting those clear terms to it? Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And also just another side note, like being a bit of a science nerd myself, like I loved atomic design, like the little analogy to atomic structure. It just made everything click <laughs> for me. Like I was saying, like the first, the first chunk of it is focused on visual design foundations and learning Figma, which I had had a little experience with Figma before. I did this little seven day Figma tutorial and I had made three screens for mobile. That was good though. So coming into the internship, I wasn't 100% blind. I knew what Figma was. I knew the purpose of it. I knew how to do a few things. So in that first month, I was really able to skill up in terms of kind of the more complex components and variants and auto layout and stuff like that. So that when we got to the next month, which was really looking at from UX perspective, really looking at the design process as a whole, like we were able to do a design sprint or we were able to, even before that, just get our feet wet with a little bit of uh, user research and uh, user interviews and working alongside Jean, a UX researcher at UX Cabin, and really being mentored by her during that that second month. It was great because we already had the visual foundation. So when we did our design sprint and we're actually collaborating and designing, we already had the figma skills to be able to put some sort of prototype together based on the research we had done and the problem we had identified and along with the skills that we had already developed. So that's kind of why I wanted to set it up that way is because all of the problem solving and research is really good and necessary, but I feel like it's just so much more empowering if someone can take those and put ideas and shapes and type behind it. You just become better at communicating if you're like, this is the problem and here are maybe three ways that we could solve it visually. And knowing that some people might want to go more on the research route or some people might want to go more on the UI route beneficial to at least feel comfortable to make a lo-fi or take a stab at making a really nice component that could be used or scaled. So it's cool to hear you say that you could kind of use those skills once you got into the design sprint and the research portion of month two. Yeah, absolutely. And going into this whole internship experience, actually, and I don't remember if I put this on my application or not, but I wanted to go into research. So I think I did specify that on my application. I really want to do research. (laughs) And I connected with some UX researchers prior to all of this. And I just thought this actually might be a good lane for me. It's really connecting with people, right? Which, Which is what I love to do and understanding people, but also using a very like precise methodology to do so. 
So research methods, qualitative, quantitative, like all of that, when I was learning about that, I was like, oh, this is so great. It's coming from a science background. It was perfect. By the end of the internship, I had determined that actually I want to be a designer that does some research. So I was able through the internship to specify that. I remember us talking about that. You came to me and you're like, I didn't realize how systematic design can be. So I think a lot of people have this idea of like, you have to be just pumping out creativity for six hours a day and making cool illustrations and all of these graphic arts. But it's just thinking about a design system. It's very systematic. There's a process to it. It's more about the rules and the methodology behind why you're using what when versus making a completely brand new component that no one's ever thought of before. That's the the peak of creativity, right? Absolutely. I, I remember making that connection because I think what was intimidating to me was that I, I had never previously identified as a like quote unquote creative, right? I live in Los Angeles, a city that a lot of folks come here from other places because they identify as creatives. And this is a place to explore all the po- possibilities in that sense. But I'm always been like a science person and more about logic and reason and problem solving and all that. So it was a little bit intim- intimidating going to a field called design. But once I realized that there's actually a process and there are well-defined methodologies for how you can arrive at a solution for a real problem, and even the visual aspect of it is fairly systematic as well, that really unlocked something for me and made it so that actually I, I can definitely do this. I can learn this visual stuff and I can apply it even though I didn't go to art school. I can figure this out and I can actually get good at it. Totally. So what kind of changed in your viewpoint as to wanting to be more research heavy to then changing to wanting to be more design heavy? That's a good question. I'm not sure exactly when I landed on that decision. I think it was definitely during the internship because by the end, I knew I wanted to be a designer who does research rather than as like a strict researcher. I also like having positions where I feel like there's a variety of things that I get to do. And I've even, in my education background, I found myself for at least probably half of my teaching career wearing some other hat, whether I was an instructional coach for new teachers or like helping to build, you know, new programs up from the ground. I was always teaching and doing other things and like kind of having my hands in different things. So I think with research, it, at least to my understanding, you are, you're strictly a researcher. And if like, that's what you love to do, then that's great. I feel like I love to do that. That'd be great. But I also think it would be cool to design the thing. Once we have all the data and we understand from the user perspective, uh, you know, what the problems are and what we've kind of come up with our solution, at least for now, I would love to, okay, I'm going to sketch out wireframe. Okay. I'm going to get in Figma and I'm going to start building. I I like being able to be a part of the whole process. So yeah, it's important to me. And even as a designer, I still want to do the research, but I want to be able to touch kind of the full scope yeah. of the design process, not just one particular part. Cool. Why don't you take us into a little bit of finishing out month two and yeah, going into the final month of yeah. the project? I actually have a question for you after that okay. because I, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that in some way the internship was being shaped as we were doing it. I'm definitely the type of person that if someone says to me, Hey, 
I'd love to know your feedback. Chances are I'm going to give it to you. And I will take that as a sign that like you're someone who's open to other ideas and all that. So like when you said that very early on, I was like, all right, let's here's some ideas I have. Let me throw them his way and ask him a few questions and see if that might be able to be a part of the internship. I knew coming into it that I obviously wanted to learn visual design stuff. I also wanted to do some research. I I wanted to get like as much experience as I could get out of those three months. And I wanted to do an actual project at the end of it to say, this is something I built or something that I designed. Yeah. So I think from the very first Zoom call that we had with interns, with you, and also all of the mentors, I asked you, so are we going to get to do research in this? And you were like, that's a great idea. (laughs) So from there, we ended up spending month two focusing on user research and design sprints and all that. So was that a little bit of your plan from the beginning? So that's a really good question because... Making the internship, I don't know what tech startup it was. It was like Basecamp or some company where they launched their product with a 30-day trial. And they just, you know, wanted to get it out the door, wanted to get it working. And they hadn't built the payment system in. And they said, well, we got 30 days to figure it out, but to build in our payment (laughs) systems. And that was kind of in the same vein of what we did. We're like, I kind of got month one together, put everything that I felt was like valuable to know from uh, a UI perspective. And that gave me a little bit of time to figure out like month two and month three with the other mentors. You brought up a great point. Can we do some more of this? And I kind of had ideas of like what month two could look like. Maybe you guys do daily UI and we just kind of give feedback on a lot of those types of design pieces, but it hadn't been built out. It wasn't like super prescriptive. So that did kind of help shape what month two and I think even your your request for like month three kind of looked like. So uh, yeah, ask and you shall receive. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I, I, I ask a lot of questions and, and I'm thinking about considering a work environment. I, I would w- want to know that my input, my feedback and the questions that I have are going to be well received and not just like listen to but actually taken into account. And if it's a good idea, it's a good idea. It doesn't matter where the idea comes from. So yeah, month two was focusing on design process and research, and we did a design sprint. And month three, each of the interns got to choose the project that they wanted to do, some sort of problem that they wanted to solve and explore. That was pretty cool to get that, a little bit of that like end-to-end design experience of going from, here's something I'm, here's a problem that I, I've identified, let me spend some time validating that problem. Let me talk to some people, do some user interviews, and from there, come up with what I think could be a a solution and actually putting some stuff together, picking a color palette and and typeface and getting a little bit of the beginnings of a design system together. And yeah, it was cool to go through that whole whole process. Yeah, I felt like in month three, it was a month to build a whole design, a whole product. It was crazy, right? And some of the projects yeah. kind of had to pare it down a little or just say, just focus on this area. And, oh, you know, <laughs> we could imagine the rest of Definitely. it. But I think you guys, it's so good because and that was my situation. Yeah. Yeah. You're able to take something from just idea to sketching it out, to talking to people, to seeing if this was a good idea. And you all came up with really 
really well thought out products with basically 20 days of working on this thing. And I was really impressed. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was good. I think it was more like three weeks to be honest. Right. I don't so. even know if it was a full month, but it was, it was a good process to go through in terms of, I mean, even just thinking about startup life in the sense of determining what is your minimum viable product. Yep. Like you may have all these ideas for all these things you want to do, but let's just really pare it down to like, this is the core like value proposition. This is it. Let's just focus here and build this thing out. And then if, if you decide to take it a step further later, you can. So that was really good for me to kind of go through that process and definitely was leaning on my mentor. So that was a really cool uh, aspect of the the internship program was that every intern was was uh, paired with uh, someone on staff at UX Cabin. So my mentor is Joseph, who's also here in California. It was cool to work with him and just, like I said, I'm the type of person who's going to just ask a ton of questions because I want to learn and <laughs> actually do better. So he was very much open and receptive to all the questions I had. And he was able to provide resources for me. And then when we got to the project, I was able to send him a lot of different, even like my survey that I came up with and at multiple stages throughout the kind of visual design of the product, I I shared that with him and he was able to give me some feedback. And you as well, Seth. I mean, even though you're the founder of the company, I was still going to you for UI help with my project and you were very much accessible throughout the internship. I'm not sure if you'll always be great in like years to come as the company grows. (laughs) You got me in that in-between stage where I still feel like I want to be like all in on design, but kind of have to like move myself to sending out invoices and stuff like that. But no, I was happy to be involved in that. But I wanted to go back to what you were saying about value prop, because I think that's sure one of the most important things when building products. Even if we just think about our most favorite popular products that we use that are like worth billions of dollars. There's always something in those products that you wish they'd add. And it's just like, why can't they just add this? Like Notion is worth tens of billions of dollars. They don't have recurring tasks. And it's basically a, a way to manage tasks and stuff. And it seems like a no-brainer. Like, why didn't they build it in from day one? It's like, well, they knew what they were doing because they're worth like $40 billion now. And Slack just got sent wow. messages later. And I was like, that, in my mind, I would have built that B1. But I think that just probably shows my ignorance when it comes to uh, product priority. (laughs) That's a great point. And I definitely learned that in working on my project. Because when I was interviewing folks, I was getting all kinds of ideas, maybe not even like ideas directly from the user. But as resource participants were like telling me about their pain points or just kind of talking, I'm coming up with all these ideas like, okay, maybe we could do that. We could do that. I could do that. You know, it's like at the end of the day, I have to kind of come back down to this is the core thing that is going to address these needs. Yep. If I do build the thing, like let's, we can think about the next release, adding on a little bit, then the next release, adding on a little bit. So it it was good to learn that experientially. I think people build products kind of have this false notion of if my product doesn't have X, Y, and Z, like this other company or this other app, then people aren't going to use it. This one product I was building a few years ago, 
the founder was, oh, we have to have a news feed and it has to feel like Instagram because otherwise people aren't going to come to it. And it's like, listen, people aren't going to use your crappy version of Instagram to post stuff. Like they're going to use Instagram to do that. If you don't have any right for value outside of taking from other apps, it's not going to be successful most of the time. You have to, the one singular unique thing that separates you from anyone else and it's not piggybacking off of, but it's just like such a hard trap because you feel like I need to add in all these features and it needs to be this full thing. When in reality, the more simple it is and the more pinpointed the value is, easier it is to use and access and understand the value of why you would actually use it. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, and that methodology is proven over and over again, like lean methodology. And Absolutely. So towards the end of your internship, we had been talking and I, I don't exactly remember exactly when, but I was like, hey, we're going to want to hire you at the conclusion of this. Do you want to take us through how you were feeling? Did you anticipate that you were going to get hired on? Did that come as like a surprise to you? Take us through your mindset on that. So I'm trying to remember at what point it happened as well. I was having a conversation with the designer and like telling them about my internship experience and after that conversation, I was thinking, you know, I really would like to get some client experience. I don't think I mentioned that. I quit my job in February. <laughs> so I started the internship in January while I was still full-time teaching. And the internship was part-time. And then in February, I had actually ended my position as a teacher. So and at that point, it was like, okay, Andrea, like you got to figure out a full-time job situation at some point. I had positioned myself to where I felt comfortable making that decision. And I knew kind of a timeline of like, I definitely want to be working full-time by X date, but I still wasn't sure if that opportunity was going to be at UX Cabin. When you advertise an internship, you, you did mention that your intention was to, if things work out, we'd love to bring folks on. So I knew that there was like a possibility there, but I didn't know, you know, it wasn't a for sure thing. Right. I was kind of thinking, I'd really like to get some client experience. And I think we're approaching maybe the third month of the internship. And I was kind of wondering what's, what's going to happen next. And as I was in that kind of headspace, then you and I talked, I think the next day and you're like, things keep going well. We want to hire you and we want you to work on a client project right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, yep. okay, this is working out. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So being an agency, we kind of never know what type of products we're going to have on, but it was a really cool opportunity because you were able to help out on a project and kind of kind of go deep on a, a client research project for one of our clients outside of our internship, which I think was a really cool opportunity, kind of jump-started you, got you into the flow, working with a client outside of the context of just an internship. Were there any things about working with a client that was interesting or new to how you just interact with a client? Well, one thing I found interesting is that particular client was in the education sector. So I felt like that was a natural thing for me, have, having yeah. worked in education and having so much experience, not just like in the classroom, but in wearing different hats within education. So I thought that that, that felt pretty good to move into that particular uh, client. As far as the nature of just working with clients, it was, it was cool to get a sense of agency life because I, I, I'm learning this more now that I'm like full-time on staff and working with multiple clients, but 
every client has a way that they run things. So some clients like to have stand-up meetings and like they, every client will, the communication might be a little bit different for every project and the expectation and even the project management aspect of it and having a Jira board with a bunch of user story, like having everything like clearly marked out. These are the things that we're wanting to do for this project versus another client that doesn't have that, but they have an idea of where they want to go. So we will provide more direction and, and support in that area. So that I got a, like a little taste of just like, okay, this, this particular client runs things in this way. It's just interesting having all this happen remotely. Yeah. And that involved me at least at that time, a 7 a.m. stand-up meeting for me. I'm on Pacific time <laughs> and the client was at Eastern time. So I was like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue doing this. But I, for basically like a month, I was <laughs> on these 7 a.m. 15 minute calls every day. Thank but you. it was a good experience for me to meet the team and just to listen to devs talk, have them report on where they're at in, in the development process and kind of see that back and forth between design and dev and product. That was very fascinating to me because I kind of like to know what's going on. I like to drill down into like, okay, let me build these variants and these components. But I also, I think I prefer even having like the bird's eye view of like what is overall going on and what is our timeline. So being a part of the stand-up meeting gave me a chance to, to do that. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. So a lot of times after stand-up, Sometimes you're just on there and you say like one word or you say like, hello and goodbye. And you're like, man, <laughs> I just we got the 15 minutes of my time at 7 a.m. But I'm glad you got a little bit of uh, enjoyment over the, the, the whole process of it. So it was good. Yeah. So now you are full time at UX Cabin and one of your key initiatives is to help build an even better V2 of the internship. We'll get to that in a second. I think you're much more qualified to put together a learning experience than I was the first time. So we'll benefit from that. But being here full-time and being integrated with the team, what are some of your favorite things or things that you like about working at UX Kevin that people might not know about from the outside? I think one of the coolest aspects of UX Cabin is that it's a global company <laughs> and my coworkers are all over the world. There'll be times I'm on a call with, you know, two other designers and we're all working on this project together and I'm in LA and coworkers in Ur Uruguay, another one in Nigeria. And it's like, we're all on the same call. Like we're all in the same Figma file right now, like strategizing. Like that, that's a really yeah. unique experience. It is. And I don't think I had ever thought I'd be in a position like this. I live in LA. It's a very multicultural, like diverse city. So I have worked with folks from other backgrounds, of course, but remotely working with people who are literally in a different place. There's something that's really cool about it. And having coworkers all over the world is great. We were talking about how there's so much that is similar and there's so much that's different. There's all these connection points where we can relate and have commonality. And there's all these cool things that we get to learn about each other that we had no idea. The other day I was talking to one of the guys on the team and I found out that they didn't have Doritos. And I was like, how do you guys not have Doritos? And they're like, oh, but we have, we have this one chocolate treat. 
And I was like, I've never heard of that. And they're like, yeah, this is what everyone eats. It's awesome. And it's just like little things like that are are interesting that you wouldn't have working in a a local company. Exactly. It's, it's great. I just personally, I, I love traveling. I love learning about other cultures. I love languages and like, I can like nerd out on that type of stuff. So I, I find that very valuable that I have coworkers that are literally all over the world. And yeah, we get to talk about stuff like that. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Totally. All coming together to yeah. solve a problem and a common goal is, is cool. Yeah. And I think another thing in being that UX Cabin is an agency, there are different clients. So I think there's definitely an advantage to be able to work on like different types of projects for different clients that run things differently. So I just feel like I'm getting like a a wide variety of experience. I think there's a lot of value to honing in on one product and even honing in on one aspect of the product. There's a lot of value to that, right? Because you get really good at this thing. I think there's also a considerable amount of value to be able to, it kind of makes you personally nimble. Like within a day, I'll have to switch context multiple times. That's tough going from this project to this project to this project. But I think it's helping me to develop that ability to be nimble. Depending on the nature of the product and the problem that we're trying to solve with it, it just requires different, maybe different tools and different aspects of your problem solving ability. So it's like you get to kind of flex different muscles for each project. And even the role I may play, there was one client when I first started full time, I mean, it's, it's already, it was already fully staffed when I came in, right? So there's already a couple designers on it, but I was able to support on the front end and research. Yep. But then as that project has kind of evolved, now I'm actually working with those two designers and actually getting to do some, some of the design work. So yeah, I think just like the variety of, of work has been, has been cool. I, I think we've talked about this before where like the difference in agency work the, the the advantages and disadvantages of agency work versus a singular product work. Agency, you're probably never going to be bored and your days are going to go fast and you're going to feel like you're juggling a lot of things. At its worst, it might feel hectic and like you don't have enough time. But on the product side, it's more of like an endurance that you have to have to be able to work on one product day in and day out and be able to bring your best to this one singular thing to keep solving problems for this one singular thing. It's just different strokes for different folks. Obviously, I'm kind of more in the I need to bounce around phase, but it's a really interesting piece on like work environments and project structures that everyone kind of has to figure out what their preference is, what their strengths are. And it's a cool conversation for sure. Absolutely. Cool. So why don't you kind of set us up for what we can expect in our second round of internships for this year. There were a lot of strong points to the way that the first internship was laid out and coming in and really skilling up in the area of like visual design. And then now that you have that skill, at least at a foundational level, yep. now as you move into a design sprint or whatnot, you actually have tangible skills to be able to design something. So we're, we're essentially keeping that same timeline, so to speak. One difference though, the visual aspect, the interns will be learning, but also at the same time building. So kind of taking here all the things that we think are foundational to have. And as you learn each one, you will take that skill and then demonstrate it through designing something. And rather than we're going to give, take a solid three weeks of like, learn, 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 learn. Now try it. It's more like you're 
learn, try, learn, try, learn, try, learn, try like that. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great improvement to this version because the first one's more like learn and then kind of like write about it. And then after a few weeks, we kind of had you show up pen to paper as it were and, and try those things out. So I'm really happy and excited to see this iteration of this, which I think is going to be awesome. Thinking back, I did like a little seven day learn Figma before I started the internship. And that was really helpful to me because it was, it was like, here's the thing. It was like a little project. I think the thing that I was starting to build was a, some sort of photo sharing app that was very similar to Instagram, but like it started with some sort of project idea ish and kind of every day of that, you built a different piece of it. Day one, we're focusing on how to design a login screen. So it's kind of like I learned the essentials that I needed to build this login screen. So that was that little Figma tutorial. So this is similar in the sense of as you learn color theory and typography and all that, it's like, okay, now you're going to use that to actually design something. And those little pieces of design that you do actually all build, they're all connected to. So it's not just kind of a one-off, one-off, one-off. It's like at the end of that first month, you would have designed like several screens for a particular product. Yep, exactly. So I think that'll feel good too. At the end of your first month, you have like a mini prototype that you've put together and it's demonstrating the fact that I understand color theory. I know how to build uh, variants. I know how to use auto layout and you're, you have all those skills demonstrated in this, this prototype. Exactly. So, and I think that sets the stage for month two, where you're actually looking at getting more into research and identifying a problem and working collaboratively with the other interns on a, on a design sprint and kind of doing all the things, taking all the visual skills that you have now and applying them to a problem that's been identified and in collaboration with your, you know, uh, intern peers, building another prototype that's going to address that problem. And then moving into month three, that's where you will identify a a project or a a problem that you personally want to solve and build your own or design your own product. I mean, go through that end-to-end design process yourself. I think there's a nice progression as you go from the beginning of month one to the end of month three. And I think at the end of the that internships would have designed their own personal project. They would have gone through and, and you know built a prototype with their peers. And from the very beginning, they, they started to like design a little bit as well. I, I think it covers a lot of ground in, in three months. And, and also mentorship is going to be a big part of it as well. Every intern will be paired with a mentor and there'll be touch points on a weekly basis that intern will have with their mentor and uh, designing it in such a way that both the mentors and the mentees know what to expect out of that relationship. And yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a rich experience. Yeah. I think that's a a good structure to set up because initially it was kind of like the mentees got out of the mentors, what they asked. And if you were forthright and you were like, Hey, I want to know all these things, right? These questions. It was like, okay, good. Like you benefited from that. But if you didn't know you could do that, it was like, ah, what built in time is there for me to ask questions or do I just do it? So I think setting those expectations for this round two is going to be really helpful. I think people listening to this, they're like, okay, this sounds good. But like, who is this for? Is this for like replace a boot camp? I'm going to give a little bit of context of who this is set up for and, and how they might succeed at it? That's a great question. 
this internship is for someone who is fairly new to design. We're going over like very foundational skills and, and concepts. So I don't think this internship would be for someone who's been designing for a year. Yeah. I think it would be for someone who is fairly new, but they know enough to where they, number one, are, are interested in this internship and they've right. heard about it and they know what UX is. And I, I think it would be good for someone who has maybe been doing something on their own doesn't mean that they've been freelancing, but just they've been doing some sort of exploration on their own just to be certain that this is something I'm, I'm highly interested in and I'm motivated to see through. Yeah. I think also motivation is going to be key because this is a remote setting. You do have to figure out how to manage your own time. You do have to be highly communicative. There's a lot of asynchronous communication. There's not a ton of synchronous meetings. So you'll have to be able to even plan your weeks. We're coming up with the projects and kind of giving you all the resources and everything that you're going to need. You'll have a couple of mentor touch points. But outside of that, it's like you got to be able to organize yourself and, you know, uh, be motivated to, to see it through. But in terms of experience, I would say very much on the lower end, little to no experience. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. The internship would be good for that person. And I think there's like a little distinction between boot camps versus our internship in that just the incentives are a little bit different. So like boot camps, you pay them and they, in a lot of cases, are good at helping you get the skills needed to hopefully find your first job. And to do that, you kind of have to be generally appealing to different companies. With us, the incentive for UX Cabin to run one of these and to pay someone to be a part of it is in addition to meeting cool people and working with talented interns is to be able to say, hey, we want to grow our team and we want to bring someone else on and who better than someone that we've spent three months with showing exactly how we do things and how we want to run things. So it's just a little bit different of like incentives. You're getting paid and I don't want to say it's just like a tryout, but it's kind of like, hey, can you follow directions and do the things that are important for us on these projects? And at the end of it, hopefully we're able to get a new teammate out of it who can turn around and work on, on actual projects with us. Yeah, absolutely. I think also just being able to demonstrate that they could do what we do on client projects, right? Like they demonstrate some sort of skill level to be able to like plug in, but also I think demonstrating the growth mindset and just like bringing maybe some sort of dimension that we don't already have as well, exactly. right? Adding to the team dynamic in that, in that way. Exactly. I think in one of our company values pieces, is it talks about culture ad versus culture fit. It's like, if we're just trying to make someone a culture fit, just like we're just trying to be this amorphous blob of people who know everything about each other and, and like everything about each other. As we've seen, there's so many cool things from different cultures and different uh, people groups that would be very valuable to add to our team. And different thought processes come at different projects and problems at a different way. And those are all valuable. And yeah, really excited to you know be able to meet different people in different contexts and bring them onto the team. Yeah. And, and I even see that I've worked with quite a few people so far and everyone is so different. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one person is very aesthetic 
visual focus, a visual artist. And this person is logical problem solver, product thinking. I think there's just like a core set of competencies that everyone has, right? Where everyone is able to deliver. But like their particular niche, like everyone might have their own leaning niche. And I think that that just brings so much to a team when there's diversity in, in that front. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're yeah, giving me butterflies just thinking about all the cool people we have on the team. So hopefully with this next yeah. internship, great folks, we get to expand that and, and bring on more. So super happy to be running this again and having Andrea kind of lead up the, the curriculum for it this time. I think that is, is probably a great segue to conclude this episode. But Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and um, really excited to see how your investments in this helps others in the, in the coming months. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. And yeah, I'm excited to, to run this internship and meet some new folks. Absolutely. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today on the Product Design Podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, be sure and go follow our guests. Let them know they did a great job and you learned a lot. Um, more to come in the following weeks as we bring on new guests. Please hit that subscribe button so that you will get these podcasts uh, and learn a ton about the product design community. Excited to see you next time. Thanks.